Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, it is nice to talk to you again. I know we have not put out a podcast in a long time. Been having a lot of other things on my plate. Create the Culture, CTC. CreateTheCulture.org. Check that out. Ramin, I know you really helped us out with the uh, CTC Showcase Series. was a big hit. Uh, it's a new company where we're having events now. So providing my media coverage with my partner, Wayne Brown. Going to have an adult men's league at East Paulding High School. But, uh, you know, we had a great fall league, seven-week fall league, eight boys teams, six girls teams. Then we had 41 boys, 34 girls come and participate in our showcase camp so keep an eye on uh ctc athletics on twitter and on instagram we got a lot of stuff going on over there so you might not have been able to hear from me throughout the off season but let it be known i've been working i've been working very hard and that's why i haven't been there but enough with me ramin how are you doing sir i'm doing well carl it has been too long and uh, i know we planned and planned and planned but now the basketball season is here that is the ultimate enforcer of deadlines and there's no more procrastination the show must go on and we will start with the boys preseason state rankings as always 7a jumping right into it grayson earns a number one spot i was just talking to you just before we started recording this is the first time they certainly opened the season at number one and i believe the first time they've ever climbed up to the number one spot in the couple years we've been doing this kyle yes ramin it's been a, a long climb long climb for coach joffrey pierce getting uh, Grayson up into the uh, the ranks of the elite. It's been a program that is, you know, over the years we've been doing this. Or this is about my fourth or fifth year doing it now. You know, this has always been a team with some blue-collared, hard-nosed guards, you know, undersized guys, maybe a Division two guy here or there, but not a lot of star power. But every single year, Grayson's been growing and growing and growing. And now I feel like they've grown to the the amount of, you know, Besides last year when they got beat by Norcross, I believe, in the Sweet 16, they made it to two Final Fours uh, in back-to-back years. But now the star power is there. Davon Smith, he is committed to go to Mississippi State. Uh, so that's a big deal right there. One of the best you know, best athletes in the, in the uh, entire nation. Uh, when you're about a five foot eleven guard and you're averaging over two blocks per game, that tells you something. But uh, he's got a lot of running mates too. Atlanta Celtics did move over, so they did get two transfers in. Tanari Lane coming over from Shiloh, a guy that averaged twenty points per game. He is very good. Going to Winthrop, six foot five wing. That is a, a you know a very strong, just a two way player that gets the job done. Then you got Caleb Murphy, who really started picking up steam last year at Norcross. But now he shifts over to Grace, and he's going to South Florida. Uh, that is a big, 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 big three right there. But the thing what puts uh, Grayson over the top, I feel like, is, yes, they got those two move-ins that came in, but it kind of feels like the Los Angeles Clippers. If we uh, switch over into NBA gears, Clippers, you know, they had uh, a team that was full of really good role players. Now, if you wanted to say they had a star player, they didn't really have one. If you want to say Lou Williams was maybe their star player last year, something like that. Uh, I don't really want to compare Davon Smith to Lou Williams because as far as high school basketball goes, Davon Smith was a, a bigger star uh, than Lou Williams goes, not comparing their actual high school careers, but just what they did this past year. Um, 
But the Clippers brought in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two star players. And Grayson did the same with Caleb Murphy and Tanari Lane. And you're already adding that into a core that has a lot of good talent. Tajay Kelly, six foot seven inside. Ian Shefflin, another big six seven post player that's getting some Division One interest. Uh, you know, Josh Smith's a good 6'4 wing on the perimeter that can play defense and, you know, inside-outside threat. So you already had a really strong nucleus, a strong core. Yes, Grayson did graduate a couple seniors, Rico Hallman, uh, Javon Tatum, uh, a couple of really important guys. But you did not have two legitimate stars to put next to Davon Smith like they do this year. And that is what Coach Pierce has. So uh, that is a really good, well-rounded lineup. You know, six foot seven, six foot eight inside, roughly. Um, that's that's very sturdy. That's very good. And Shifflin, uh, especially, he can score the ball inside. He's a talented player. So that is why Grayson opens up as number one. Uh, I think you know, even even that they you know they were playing travel ball together. I know it's not high school basketball, and a lot of things are going to have to change. And Coach Pierce is going to have to keep a lot of people ha- uh, happy when you got star players. But you know. They did play with each other over the offseason with the Atlanta Celtics, speaking of Lane, uh, Murphy, and uh, Davon Smith. So uh, that, that's a nice little core right there, and you add that into the you know all the Grayson guys that were there last year. Uh, I think Grayson has a chance to be really, really good this year, but I must say i got to preface this, and I, I even told Coach Pierce this, you know, I still have my question marks because – to be the man, you have to beat the man. Grayson hasn't necessarily beaten the man yet. I know Norcross beat him by about 15 or so last year to end their season. And, uh, you know, they've run into some buzzsaws. I want to say maybe Meadow Creek put them out in the Final Four uh, within the past three years. They haven't been able to beat the top dog. Now they have a target on their back as one of the top dogs. You know, I know McEachin has a lot to say about that. Norcross with all their move-ins coming in. They're going to have a lot to say about that, too. So, um, cautiously optimistic, but especially on paper, this is the most talented team Grayson's ever had, and that is why I ranked the number one to open up the season. So, Kyle, I know you have Grayson at number one, and we've already mentioned the transfers. The transfers are going to become crucial. McEachern at number two. Some may question they had a perfect season last year, 32-0. and 0. They end at number two. How does that happen? Norcross, a name very well familiar to Class 7A basketball there at number three. But in your write-up, you have both of those teams uh, relying on big transfers to come in and getting approved. What is that process? Do you, how do you think that process is going to pan out? I'm not necessarily asking you to predict how the GHSA will work it out necessarily, but um, how integral are those transfers to them being ranked two and three? Uh, I believe they're fairly important, especially if we're starting with McKeech and Dylan Cardwell started at uh, I believe it was Evans over there in Augusta, and then he went to Oak Hill Academy, and he's come back grown man. And, you know, they have this rule. They had the IMG rule with football, and GHSA doesn't really want uh, kids going to prep school to come back, and they're going to make it difficult, and it's a, it's a whole thing. They haven't really been able to implement it yet. But from what I've been told from reliable sources that have not steered me wrong in the past that – there, it could be a little bit challenging to get some of these guys eligible. At the end of the day, I think everyone will be fine. At the very least, at the very most, I think maybe they'll miss a game or two, but I feel like everyone's going to find a way to get eligible. Norcross has never had problems getting people eligible before. McEachin the same way with all these people always moving in the past couple of years. So I don't think anything's going to change, but it is something that the GHSA might be trying to crack down on a little bit. But uh, – uh, I think at the end of the day, McEachern, Norcross, all these transfers come from prep schools. 
I think they're going to be able to play. Um, but, yes, they are very important. McEachin, they're going to be very athletic this year. A lot of new faces. Um, just just as little guys, you know, they picked up Randy Brady coming in from Tennessee, you know, right before practice starts, it feels like. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a couple more that slipped under the radar. They got Jovan Tucker, who's going to Mercer now, Bobby Moore from North Cobb Christian. So, uh, McEachin's trying to load up the deck one more year. Sharif Cooper, one final year, and there was always questions in the offseason whether he would be transferring and leaving the program or he would be going going to college early. I don't know. It all, you know, whatever. The dust is finally settling. It looks like he's going to be at McEachin this year, and he brought a bunch of friends. You know he wasn't just going to stay there without a bunch of friends coming to come play and, you know, contend for another state title. So McEachin's back loaded, even though they're going to be a very different team from last year. And then looking at Norcross, they always win the offseason, but they don't win state championships in the past four or five years. So they got a lot of size on paper. This is probably the most talented team in the state, but we said that probably the past three years, and they haven't gotten the job done. But Norcross is very, very good. They have a lot of guys. I question, are they going to have enough true point guard play to uh, be able to facilitate the ball? But, you know, if they get that solved, Norcross is very, very good, as they have been. Every single year we've been covering the state of Georgia and they're always going to be in the discussion and always be a nationally ranked team. To round out your top 10 in Class 7A, Kyle, we have a list of people who surged up in the 2018-19 season and a couple of names who've seemingly always been around the sport. Number four, Pebblebrook. Number five, Burke Marr. Number six, Wheeler. Number seven, East Coweta. Number eight, Milton, Newton, and Lambert round out your top 10. And it almost felt like a surge and then a staple powerhouse surge powerhouse as i read out those names yeah you're right i mean Burkmar, they came you know they've been in the top 10 before obviously they had a really good year last year with the team that didn't have a, a lot of superstars uh but this team wire in program they came alive they started practicing at Burkmar, and then all these players that play there uh, with Team Wyron start transferring into Burkmar, and all of a sudden there is a lot of good basketball players over there at Burkmar. But the only reason why I had them ranked fifth, and there's, I mean, looking at this team, they definitely could be a, a, a top three team. But, you know, just all these guys kind of coming from all over, that's a lot of people. You know, you could argue, well, Grayson had two guys come over and transfer in there. Yes, but it's two guys. Burkmar's bringing in about four or five different guys from all over the place. Now, some of these guys did play with each other during the travel ball circuit, but they're all going to have to fit in to a system, uh, Coach Phillips' system over there, and they're going to have to buy into one goal. Uh, but that's a lot of people that are moving in. There's a lot of talent on paper. When you're talking about uh, Malik Ewing coming in, um, Jamari Hill, is a, a very talented guard, Camden Blount, uh, Jalen Deloach, uh, Elijah Wood, who's uh, apparently going to Rhode Island, moved in. And I don't think he's part of Team YRN, but he's also in the mix. So uh, Berkmeyer's got a ton of talent there, and they could probably be ranked higher, but it's just one of those deals with all these all these pieces. you got to see how they come together. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them playing very, very deep into February and possibly March. Uh, but it's just one of those deals. One of those deals. Can they all gel together? Uh, and that's something that we're going to have to really keep an eye on throughout the season. 
Moving on to Class 6A, Kyle, you put the defending state champs Tri-Cities in number one, but they play in a tough region. And in a Class 6A that maybe has a bit more parity all around, we may see a bit more movement from people out of the top 10 coming into the top 10. How do you see 6A looking this year, Kyle? Uh, 6A, if you recall last year, was really just, I mean, I felt like we went into the state playoffs and there were about 15 teams that had a legitimate shot at winning the state championship. Now, Tri-Cities opens as number one, but, I mean, anything can happen. I feel like you're looking at Tri-Cities number one, Tucker two, South Cobb three. Um, those three teams, I feel like, uh, I wouldn't say head and shoulders above the rest, but I feel confident in those three teams being the front runners heading into the season. But that doesn't mean like Chattahoochee and Sequoia and I know some of these other teams are super far off. I mean, Chattahoochee, I mean, they still have a, a big three with uh, A.J. White. They got Cam Sheffield going to Rice, and they got Franklin Bailey, great three-point shooter. But the problem is with that team is those are three guards that can shoot the ball exceptionally well, but that's a team that lives by the jumper and dies by the jumper. And without Grant Van Beveren in the mix, you know, being a double-double guy, we're going to really see um, who can step up and fill that void uh, left behind for Coach Short because that's a really good – Really good group of guards, um, but they just need some help inside. And that's and, and some depth, obviously, on the bench. They were very thin on the bench last year. So that's why Chad Hoochie doesn't really crack the top three yet. But, you know, South Cobb, they've had an accumulation of talent all of a sudden. You know, Zocco Littleton's got all these big offers. He's going into a sophomore season. He's one of the best shooters in the state of Georgia as well. He's really good. and He's got, you know, some new faces moving in. Looks like Amon Washington. Uh, he comes in as a six foot six forward that plays above the rim. Travis Burris jumps ship from Marietta like two weeks before the season starts. He joins that backcourt now. Jameel Rideout moves in over there. So there's been a lot of people that comes over to South Cobb, and they already had a really good core last year. So South Cobb, that's a team that's going to be extremely dangerous. And then Tucker, Tucker, they might have the best one-two punch in Class Six A when you're looking at Jermonte Hill. And you're looking at Terrence Edwards, who wasted a year of eligibility trying to move and never got cleared, and it was a nightmare. But he is a Division I player, and so is Jermonte Hill. Those two guys both at about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Those are going to be a nightmare to handle inside and out uh, for Tucker. And Tucker's got a couple other pieces that are going to be there as well. Uh, so I really like Tucker. And then Tri-Cities, I guess we're working our way back up. You know, they, they lose some big seniors, but uh, Peyton Daniels is a really good score, really good guard. Demetrius Reeves is a, a, a premier slasher. And then uh, Julius Lyman, who transferred in six foot six forward, a junior, I think he's going to help out a lot. And they got a couple other juniors uh, that are going to be able to give them some bigger production this year. So it's going to be really tough. But right now, those top three, I feel pretty good about those top three in class 6A. But I would not be surprised if anyone else uh, gets hot at the right time and breaks breaks through and makes some noise. Uh, Class 6A is very deep and very tough. In the middle of Class 6A, we have the likes of Sequoia at 5 and Langston Hughes at 6, who's a couple years removed from a state championship. Um, and then at the bottom end, number 9, Lanier, number 10, Alatuna. They're teams who finished the 18-19 campaign on a bit of a low, but you have them still in the top 10, Kyle. Yes, that is, uh, that's true. You know, Lanier, they definitely did not finish the season well, but Sion James is one of the better guards in Georgia. Uh, he's going to be going to Tulane. He's big, physical, and uh, they got a nice six-foot-six stretch forward in Ryan Johnson who has some upside. 
And then they got a couple movements from Mill Creek. So, uh, you know, and Lanier gets ranked because, you know, Gainesville was really – Gainesville started off slow last year in Region 8, but then they really picked it up and played well. But Rafi Rubel, their star guard, who is going to be an all-state player, I think he's not back at Gainesville. I hear he's still in the Dominican, so that really, you know, shoots Gainesville's chances of opening up in the top ten. And then looking at Alatoona, who's in that uh, that's in Region Six. That's a pretty tough region now. When we're looking at the likes of Sequoias in there, South Cobb's in there, um, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, but I think with Sprayberry, looks like they should be taking a drop off with transfers and graduations. Um, Alatuna, they they lose some big players: Terrell R, Jeremiah Santabria, um, Devin Dixon, three uh, all-region players. But we saw Alatuna at the CTC Fall League all throughout the summer, or throughout the fall, uh, and that is a team that plays extremely well together. They might not have one superstar player, but each player plays a role. They share the ball well, and uh, they have really good chemistry, and they have a really really good 2021 class. So. If, it, if it's not this year, I, I still feel like Altoona should be very safe and they should be able to get into the state playoffs, even though they missed out last year. Um, I, I could see them posting a similar record to what they posted last year at 18-8, and eight, give or take a win or two here and there. But uh, the time they're seniors, if one of those guys can bring their game to the next level and become like a surefire Division One player, uh, Alatoona can be very scary. But even this year, I really like their chances of being a team that could uh, get a three or a four seed or maybe even you know upset a team here or there. Uh, but I like Alatoona as a team that has some uh, chemistry, and I think that's going to take them pretty far. Down to Class 5A, Kyle. I've got to say, in the few years we've been doing this, I've never seen this description for number one Dutchtown. You wrote opening up atop the heap will be number one Dutchtown, who put together a 21-0 summer league schedule. And, of course, you go on to say other things. But to borrow a line from Alan Iverson, we're talking about summer league, Kyle? <laughs> summer league practice, it's all the same. But, yeah, summer league, that, you know, it doesn't mean a, a lot at the end of the day, but you'd much rather be playing really good basketball and showing signs of promise heading into the season than, you know, being 0-21. So, uh, but Dutchtown, they got new coach. You got Jordan Griffin coming in, uh, bringing some college experience. And he's got some, uh, he's got some horses. You know, Jermaine Mann transfers to, I guess it's his uh, one, two, what, about his fourth school in four years. And he's going to uh, Gardner-Webb, but he's still an all-state forward. He moves in. He's going to team up with Cam Bryant, who's going to uh, – ETSU so that's you know that's that's dynamic right there in the front court but they have some really sneaky good guards Cam Hobbs actually led the team in scoring last year 12 points per game Isaiah Plasted 10 points per game uh, a couple here and there a few I'm not gonna name on the podcast but they got a, a nice little depth of rotation uh, at the guard spot so Dutch hand's gonna be good but again you know they were just 16 and 15 and then even the year before that, they didn't have a really good record, but they got hot at the right time and got into the Elite Eight. But now let's see. The, they got a really good roster. That is a pretty tough region. Um, we'll see if they can string it together and go coast to coast and have a really good year. Going in the rest of 5A, what's really interesting to me is the seven, eight, nine spots in your rankings in 5A. Kyle, if we think that past performance is a good predictor of future performance. Number seven, Fayette County, they lost in the state championship to Buford. Number eight, Southwest Cab, they were up there jostling up in the top few spots in the rankings all year. And number nine, Buford won the state championship last year. How do you see the kind of lower parts of the rankings here? 
I, you know, Class 5A, and I, I think I put it in my, my write-ups, uh, out of all the classifications that I rank, Class 5A is the one where I really am completely wide open and don't really have a good feel. I don't feel confident with any of those rankings there, uh, but I'm just taking educated guesses. But uh, like you mentioned, when your top three teams last year all graduate players and you know transfers move out, it shakes everything up. And there was not really a team that was just waiting there in line that had a good enough resume, that had enough coming back to be like a surefire number one. And that's what leads to a, a team like Dutchtown, who was 16-15 last year. And they open up as number one. But, you know, Fayette County, they lose a ton. They lose, uh, you know, R.J. Knight. They lose all these guys that could uh, – Ricky Knight. All these guys that could score the ball. Um, you know, that was a team that played extremely fast and shot the three-point ball um, very well. Uh, they lose Will Richard to a transfer. So, I mean, Jacoby Coleman comes back, but he just hurt his ankle, I believe I heard. Uh, so, we'll see if he's he's healthy in time. Hopefully, it's not too serious. But – that's a team that's going to have some uh, some role players going to really have to move up and play bigger minutes and play bigger roles, obviously. Kingston Calhoun, uh, Terry Brown, who the coaching staff was excited about in this uh, offseason as a 6'4 wing. Uh, so they got some guys, but it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be some, I wouldn't say growing pains because it's a, a veteran group, but growing pains as far as now you guys are the man outside of Coleman. These guys are now inserted into the role of being – you know, your starters, you're going to be relied upon every single night. We can't have duds out of you. And, uh, you know, Southwest Cab, you know, they graduate all, you know, James Glisson and all these talented players. And then, uh, you know, Katie Johnson was going to be back, and they're, you know, going to run it back one more time with Eugene Brown the third, And, you know, that's one of the best backcourts, if not the best in the state of Georgia. But then Katie Johnson leaves and goes to Hargrave Military. And now the Ohio State commit uh, Eugene Brown all, all, by, all by his lonesome um, so, you know, Jarrett Walton got really good experience last year and stepped up a lot when Brown got hurt and broke his leg. Um, but, you know, Jarrett Walton and Eugene Brown is not the same as Eugene Brown and Katie Johnson. And that's why they're, you know, they're conservatively put near the bottom of the top 10. But, you know, you got to think you're, you're still in the top 10, still ranked number eight. Southwest Cab is not going to be bad by any stretch of the imagination, uh, and they could, they could, you know, they could still round into being a championship contender type team, especially in Class Five. How it feels so wide open, and then lastly, you're looking at like Buford. I mean, when you graduate 11 seniors from last year's team, you only get one coming back on the roster. You don't really know what to expect. I think Buford could be, you know, really good this year as far as you know, pushing 20 wins or. The youth could be too much overcome, and they could be a team that wins maybe 12 or 13 games. I really don't know. When you have a complete roster turnover, you don't know what to expect. Uh, but you, know, you got Malachi Brown, a, a freshman guard who already has a D1 offer from Lamar. Obviously, there's some type of talent right there, uh, but the youth is going to be uh, something that Coach Eddie Martin's really going to have to you know, be patient with. And, uh, you know, it, it, Cedar Shoals has been – quietly biding their time the past two years ever since you know we had Tyler Johnson and uh, Quincy Canny move in over there from Athens Christian uh, Cedar Shoals has not played well they haven't been good but you know this could be the year that that team really finally takes off and gets back maybe not a state championship game like they got to a couple years ago but could finally compete and win that region uh, with Tyler Johnson there and now Quincy Canty apparently 
uh, back in the mix after flirting with going to core four. So if those two are there, that's the best one-two punch in Region 8. They just got to be able to have enough left to take care of Buford. And again, it's scary when you got Buford. You never know how quickly those players are going to develop under a great head coach like Coach Martin. Uh, But Buford, it's going to be either uh, bang or bust this year. I'm not quite sure just yet, but I had to give him the benefit of the doubt. And just to round out the top uh, five of 5A, Dutch Challenge at one, Eagles Landing at two, Kell at three, Carrollton at four, and Statesboro at five. Down to 4A, Carlson. Up, if you've been following the 4A rankings of the past two years, Woodward Academy is at one. Denmark, a young school, is number two. Sandy Creek, maybe a familiar name, at number three. And um, further shakeups that we'll get to in a second, Kyle. How do you see 4A now that the landscape's kind of changed? Uh, it looks like this is Woodward Academy's uh, state championship to win. And, you know, last year they were pretty good, uh, 22-9, and nine, a couple up and down spots. You know, uh, what was it, played in Region 4, I believe. So, you know, fairly tough region. But, you know, you got seven-foot five-star center Walker Kessler going to North Carolina now. This is his senior season. And I watched Woodward Academy. They were getting blown out by Westover in the first round of the state playoffs. They should have lost that game, but they didn't lose that game. And they went all the way on to the Final Four before falling to Carver-Columbus, who eventually won the state championship. Um, With that being said, you know, in the past it's been Woodward has weak guards. Well, Woodward doesn't have weak guards anymore. Well, Michael Whitmore, he's a very solid player. He's a senior. I like him. He's got jitterbug quickness. He gets everybody involved. Very good defensive player as well. He's really good. Uh, Ja'Cory Turner, uh, you know, a football player, kind of still raw in spots on the basketball court, but he's a guy that averaged 12 points per game. Uh, But, you know, outside of that three, that was kind of their big three. I know Will Demarest averaged about seven points per game, uh, but that was the big three with Kessler, uh, Turner, and Whitmore. But now you add in Emery Lanier, New Georgia State head coach's son, uh, moves in from Tennessee, and he's already committed to p- go play at Davidson. He's going to be there, and Will Richard comes in, uh, transferring in from Fayette County. So that is a really good starting five. If you're reading one through five, you're looking at Michael Whitmore, Emery Lanier. Uh, you're looking at Will Richard. You're looking at um, Corey Turner and then Walker Kessler. Uh, that's a team that's pretty loaded and has a couple nice uh, role players coming off the bench as well. So, Wilbert Academy, um, they, I think they're the team to beat this year in Class 4. And if they don't get it done this year, it was a really wasted opportunity. But I think they're going to be ready. In the middle part of the rankings, Daugherty's at 4, East Side is at 5, and Baldwin's at 6. The more interesting one may be America Sumter. They dethroned Upson Lee and St. Pius last year. They are at number 7 this year, but neither Upson Lee or St. Pius are in the rankings of note, Kyle. Yeah, and before we talk about St. Pius and Upson Lee, who both had tremendous runs, um, Region 1 is something I want to talk about because America Sumter ranked number 7. Carver Columbus won the state championship last year, not ranked. Uh, Doherty is, like you mentioned, they're ranked in there. And then Westover, they're not ranked. Well, all those teams lost so much to graduation. And when you're talking about Westover losing Snow Brown, uh, you know, the, the rest of that cast, Michael Isner, Isler, who's at uh, uh, Presbyterian, you lose so much from that team. And they got Isaac Abidi back, I believe. And they got uh, Shamir Wingfield has transferred in. 
but you got you got so much that graduated. So and, and, and Antonio Jackson, the, the the slam dunk champ, also graduated. But when you got so much that graduates, and you couldn't get the job done with all those horses last year, and they only won sixteen games or so. Um, that's why I can't put Westover in the top ten. You don't have as much talent as last year, and you couldn't get the job done with those guys. So they they can't really crack the top ten, even though I think they'll still be pretty good. And then Carver Columbus, you know, you lose AJ Watts, you lose, you know, pretty much everyone else on that roster. You got maybe like two guys coming back. You know, there's just not enough left there to say that this team should be in the top ten. Now they could have, you know, guys coming up from the freshman and JV team that are ready to contribute right away, but. You know, just looking at paper, and it's like the same story with America Sumter. Uh, when you're looking at America Sumter, they were able to get ranked, but you know, ranked number seven. But at least they had Trey Brown, who was great in the postseason last year, averaged 13 points per game during the entire season. He's back as a, a second-team All-State player, and then Q Willoughby is back. But other than that, everyone else is gone. So that's why Region One, you know, all those teams aren't really in there. Uh, because everyone leaves, so many people have graduated, and, and we had Doherty at number four. You know, Bakari Bryant's over there; he's going to get that thing up and running. But they do have Roderick Jones, a preseason All-State pick. Uh, he's still there, and they got uh, William Riggins, who averaged close to 12 points and seven rebounds. So at least they had two of their top players back. But I can't say the same about Carver. Um, America Sumter loses, uh, you know, a, a huge piece inside that's not going to be there anymore and then you're just looking at uh the same thing with Westover when they're losing some uh key players from their backcourt and front court so that's why they're not ranked but quickly to touch on Upson Lee and St. Pius Hill will run from both programs um obviously uh we saw uh, Daryl Lockhart take the Valdosta job and he left Upson Lee uh, and then you see Coach Parr is still at St. Pius, and he's probably got the best player, potentially the best player in school history, and Chase Cormier um, going to be a sophomore. Uh, he's going to be tremendous, but he just does not have enough around him yet for me to feel like St. Pius should be in the top ten to open the season. And, you know, the same goes with Upson Lee and St. Pius. They could both win their way into the top ten. Uh, preseason rankings don't mean much at the end of the day but both those teams got a lot of new faces and a lot of role changes and that's why they're gonna have to you know earn their right into the top 10 and so america sumter was at number seven um and then to round out your top 10 some names that you maybe haven't heard about it's been a while since chapel hill was in the top 10 they're at number eight blessed trinity cracks at number nine and north clayton at number 10 kyle yeah, Chapel Hill had a lot of talent last year. Then Ken Austin's situation got fired in the middle of the season. Stuff kind of fell apart. But uh, Makai Bell, he is a very good basketball player, extremely athletic, a junior. He can score the ball very well. Uh, teams up with his older brother, Mike Bell. Uh, they're going to be good. Uh, Coach Rodney Latham has a lot of talent over there. Uh, I believe KJ Doucette is supposed to still be in the picture as a, a big slashing forward. So, uh, Chapel Hill has some talent, even though they got hit really hard at that freshman and sophomore class. A lot of those guys transferred out. But they're going to be really good this year, I think, or at least be good enough to flirt in the top ten. And then Blessed Trinity, uh, Jax Bonite, he's he's a really quick guard. Heard nothing but really good things about him. I think Blessed Trinity um, has enough to be warranted in the top ten. Uh, I think if this guard, Bonite, is uh, the real deal, 
he should have them win 20-plus games again. Now, you always worry about, does Blessed Trinity have enough uh, athleticism and size to compete once you get deep into the state playoffs? Uh, a question that remains to be answered, and we can answer that question come February. And then North Clayton, uh, they, they got a ton of talent. They were 7-19 last year out of Region 4, but you got a first-team All-State player in Xavier Valley, a 6'8 forward that is a lights-out shooter and can take over games. He just has to stay in that killer mindset and stay uh, stay dominant throughout the game. Has to have a, a super high motor. Just has to continue to you know take no plays off. But he can be a, a high major player. A lot of schools have really checked in on him. Uh, so he has so much talent. I think North Clinton has to be in there. And then Darius Martin's a tough guard. And uh, O.D. Anuma D.E.K., uh, he is a, a wide receiver on the football team, 6'6", does the dirty work inside, not super flashy, but just a really reliable post presence. And with those three, I think uh, North Clayton should be much improved from their 7-19 season. And with that, we're ready to move on to Class 3A. Pace Academy is number one. They've added a four-star wing to help bolster their lineup. And then some Macon guys in Westside Macon and Central Macon at 2-3. and three. Yeah, Pace Academy is going to be uh, pretty good. That 2021 class is uh, quite the class to keep an eye on when you're considering uh, Matt Cleveland, who's uh, you know going to end up probably being like a five-star prospect if he's not already. Um, Madison Durst feels like he's been in high school for five years, but he's only going to be a junior now. And then uh, Cole Middleton, who wasted a season last year due to injuries, just couldn't stay healthy. But he should be healthy now, and that's a really good core uh, right that, right there for Coach Sharman White. And then he's got pretty much his entire supporting cast back. So Pace Academy, um, they're building something there, and uh, they got that first big transfer to land, and they're going to be very tough. And then the Macon teams, like you said, uh, Westside Macon, Central Macon, they're always going to be battling each other really doesn't matter who's in the jersey. Those games are always going to be close. Uh, but Central has a star in Quay Primus, a six foot six post presence that goes inside and out. And then West Side making Kowasi Reeves Jr. and JV and Mosley, uh, both guys coming off season to averaging over 18 points per game. And Reeves, obviously, with a slew of high major offers, uh, pretty much getting to the point where he could pick wherever he wants to go to school since he has such a great GPA. Uh, those are two really good teams, but uh, I think they're going to be chasing Pace Academy because I don't think they have quite the depth that they do. And uh, maybe not uh, – well, maybe not the cohesion since all these guys have kind of been growing up together at Pace since they've moved in over there. But, you know, over there in Macon, I, I would say they do have some good team chemistry on both those rosters. But I still feel like Matt Cleveland might be the trump card in Class 3A right now. The middle of Class 3A has some teams coming off historic seasons last year. Number four, Dawson County won the region championship. Um, number five, Franklin County came at the at-large uh, bid and wrecked a couple people's brackets making a run. And number six, Hart County was the state runner-up. Yeah, there's a good, good, good basketball being played in North Georgia. Um, Dawson County coach Herrick's going to take over that program. We'll see how um, – he is able to keep that ball rolling, but they got a Emmanuel College uh, commit in Jasper Gibson who can score the ball very well. But uh, Dawson County is going to severely miss Luke Chisholm because Luke Chisholm was their safety blanket when they needed a, a you know a layup inside or a defensive stop or 
you know, just pretty much anything, Luke Chisholm was there to do that for them. He's not there anymore. So I think Dawson County is going to be good again, but not quite as good as last year because Chisholm uh, was just so, so important to everything that the Tigers did. And then Franklin County, great guard play. Uh, we saw them at our event last year, but uh, when you got guys – uh, that can really score the ball, like Micah Roebuck, who's uh, very talented, and then Titus Brown. Uh, those guys just put the ball in the basket, and they were fearless. I, I watched them lose by two points in Dawson County, 60-58 to 58 in the Elite Eight. Uh, those two guys are fearless, and they give people some problems. And when you got Carter Alexander, who plays above the rim, you got Keelan Rutledge, who's going to be a sophomore now, uh, pretty much everybody comes back uh, with great experience now. Uh, that's a team that is primed for a big season. But you got to remember, they were just 15 and 14 a year ago. I don't know if they just turned it on at the right time or not, but you know, there's a target on their back now. Morgan County is going to be very furious. They're not ranked. They graduated everybody. Uh, so it feels like if anyone's going to win Region 8, it's uh, you know a couple of these teams we're going to be mentioning in, in Hart County, uh, in Franklin County. Jefferson's got some talent. Uh, the window's open. We'll see if uh, Coach Jamon Sims could uh, try and shut that window for the rest of the region real quick, depending on who has uh, improved over the offseason or if anyone moved in over there. Uh, but Franklin County's tough, but Franklin County's got to prove that they can handle a target on their back throughout the entire season. And same goes with Hart County losing in the state championship. Hart County is no longer the, you know, the darling sweetheart, you know, Cinderella story. This is a team that is in the top 10 and a team that is expected to win a lot of games, even though they graduate a huge senior class. But Sean Webb has a great future ahead. Taj Johnson, I've heard nothing but incredible things about this six foot seven uh, freshman who's going to be a big time impact player. And you throw in Demetrius Glenn, who's a sharpshooter that transfers over uh, from Cedar Shoals, gives some senior leadership. He can really fill it up. And then J.C. Curry, a uh, 6'2 sophomore who I liked over the summer. Uh, I, I think he's improved a lot. So there's some good pieces for Coach uh, Harry Marsh. It's going to be interesting to see how they all come together. And I'm very excited to see them on January 18th at the Sandy Spiel Showcase at Lanier High School, Hart County. Um, they are going to be a, a very fun team to watch. I believe we have them playing Evans out of the Augusta area. Should be a really good game. And to round out your top 10 in Class 3A, number 7, Jonathan Savannah, had some coaching drama towards the end. Number 8, Jefferson, lost in the first round of the state tournament. And then Monroe in Windsor Forest at 9 and 10. In Class 2A, Kyle, uh, familiar names at the top. Number 1, Farrell. Number 2, South Atlanta are battling it out for that top spot. Yeah, there's uh, some good basketball being played. Uh, Farrell, you already know Farrell, how, how talented they are. Um, that's a team that has pretty much everybody coming back. And when you have everybody coming back, you're expected to win a lot of games. So uh, with Roman Sun leading that crew, Robbie Armbrester, only going to be a junior, averaging 18 points and 15 rebounds. Cam Fortson, uh, you know, it's going to be the same story. Can they find a three-point shooter to kind of loosen up uh, you know, the offenses, loosen up the, the opposing defenses. Iquan Morton did that last year, had 19 points in the state championship. They need all 19 of them. Uh, I, I would expect 
to see Rashawn Frederick score the ball very well again this year. He got an offer from Temple, uh, and he was their best three-point shooter outside of Morden last year. Uh, but Thero's going to be really tough, and it's going to be tough for teams to track them down. I feel like they're a, a stone-cold lock as far as being a team that deserves to be number one. Glenn Hills, Swainsboro, Vidalia, who's your state runner-up, and Spencer are um, three, four, five, and six, and more familiar names, Laney, Jeff Davis, Banks County, and Woodville Tompkins. A couple of those names, Kyle. Um, some surprising upsets in the region tournament. Woodville Tompkins especially ended the season 29-1 to there. Anything special you see in the bottom part of the uh, 2A top 10, Kyle? Uh, 2A, you know, you already know. If anyone listens to the podcast, 2A is probably my favorite Favorite classification to track because it's all over the place. It's just impossible to know who's who's good and who's who's um, you know a pretender. But uh, there's uh, there's some good teams. You know, Spencer number six. That's a team that has a, a big time guard uh, that is getting some uh, some big time offers now. I guess he got an offer from Troy, but Jalen Sellers uh, at six foot two. He had about forty one points in the game last year. He can fill it up. Uh, Jacquez Hold is his running mate. He's supposed to be back as well. I think they're going to be very tough. They just have to prove it in the uh, in the state tournament, and you know, be able to represent. Uh, you know, I'm looking at number eight, Jeff Davis. That's a team that, uh, you know, we'll see. You got the best player in the state in Class Two A, and Jacquez Kirby. So you're going to be able to win uh, a lot of games with that. But it's going to rely on his uh, his supporting cast, C.J. Parker. I think he's going to have a breakout year after averaging 11 points per game as a freshman. He's really good. Uh, I'm looking at Banks County at number nine. That's a team that brings back pretty much everybody. Carl Cleveland, 28 points, 11 rebounds per game. Uh, he's going to be a handful. Uh, Coach Lenny Williams has a, a you know had a great team. They just demolished everybody, and we thought for sure they would be at the very least playing for a state championship. Didn't happen that way when they lost the coin flip and had to drive. Uh, over three hours to Elbert County, you know, Preston Crisp and Charleston Willingham and all those guys were handling the ball, handling duties. He didn't have to do it. Well, that's going to change this year, especially when we saw him at the NCAA uh, team camp. Bernard Perlot, he was pretty much playing point guard and bringing the ball up the court and doing everything as a wing. Uh, so his his ability to handle the ball is going to be uh, very key. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to show that he can shoot the ball from the outside. He's got a, a good-looking stroke, but – uh, to be honest with you, I have not seen him take or have not seen him make many outside shots, even though he has a good looking shot and I know he can make threes, but he's got to prove he can knock him down in games and knock him down consistently. But Bernard Pelote's going to have to be really, really big for this Woodville Tompkins team. That's going to have a lot of guys that are kind of, you know, not necessarily household names quite yet. And uh, I'm also interested to see, uh, with with coach Lenny Williams like is this is he just that great of a coach where it's just his system and his toughness on these kids and just getting the best out of them every single year as long as he has decent kids they're just gonna you know wreck everybody in that that region too which we thought was very very tough uh or is you know I I I just don't know I think they're gonna be a a team that I'm gonna be tracking very closely because they're gonna have a really tough schedule but is it just, you know, their great defense is one of those deals where their defense just no matter who's playing, Woodville Tompkins is going to D you up and they're going to win 20 games every year? Or is this, uh, you know, you graduate a lot of town and you got just one guy back and there's going to be a natural, uh, you know, progression, degression, whatever it is, back to the mean of 
being a team that's a little bit closer to, uh, you know, maybe 18 to 20 wins instead of a team that won about 29 games last year. So I'm extremely interested to see what the Wolverines do. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they, they messed around and won 25 games and were still a powerhouse in Class 2A. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they fell back to the middle of the pack and were more of a 16, 17, 18 type win team. We're ready to take it down at the Class A private. Last year, Class A private was a bit of a, a rotating door in terms of teams coming and going. And every week, there are surprising results. This year, is anything going to change, Kyle? That's uh, a good question. I think, um, I think a little bit might change. I think we have a kind of sturdy top, now top six maybe. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to see a bunch of quote-unquote random teams have opportunities to crack into the top 10. Uh, you know, St. Francis is going to be a heavy favorite. Walker, who looks really good on paper, they got everyone coming back. So I'm looking at Region 6, again, could determine the state championship in Class A with St. Francis in there, Walker in there, and then uh, Mount Bethel, who should take a step back this year but still be a competitive team. Uh, but as far as teams that could could come up and screw everything up, Trendy Christian. Trendy Christian was bad last year, 11 and 15, but they got some more Dominicans to move in, and they got uh, uh, Giancarlo Bastioni and uh, Brady Burnett. That's two really good forwards, especially in Class A private. Really, really good forwards. And now you got a uh, Roll Arias and uh, Isaac Brito, uh, two big guards that move in. Um, you know, just looking at the bottom of the pole. Number seven, Mount Pisgah. Maybe not this year, but next year. Keep an eye on Mount Pisgah and what Coach Matt Hicksonbaugh is going to grow over there. Pisgah has a really, really good, young, talented class, 2021 class. Um, if not this year, maybe next year, but I think Mount Pisgah is a team that could flirt with 20 wins this year. On to Class A public, we have an interesting mix of uh, situation and talent in the top three. Trutland has been knocking on for a while now, they finished 30-2 and two last year, um, losing once in the regular season and once in the state championship game. Wilcox County returns their entire roster from last year, which is a bit unusual. And Calhoun County won the state championship on that buzzer-beating layup, but uh, returns just two members of their backcourt, Kyle. Some people get crazy, but I think some people get crazy and don't understand, like, in high school sports, like, people graduate, people are gone. The fact that I have Calhoun County number three when they have pretty much just two players that saw big minutes last year, um, that's a really good – number three is a really good starting spot for Calhoun County. Ramin, I don't know if you have a computer on you right now, but I might need you to effort it and, uh, and do some research and see where Calhoun County opened last year in the preseason polls. If you could find that information for me. Uh, that would be great because I want to say they – I'm not sure if they were ranked or if they were ranked. I don't think they were ranked very high. But with that being said, uh, Calhoun County graduates everyone essentially except Tykavius Curry, who's really good, and Jamad Wiley, who's really good, two all-state guards. Um, but to have people swearing at me and cussing me out on the Twitter sphere, saying I don't know anything, the lack of respect I show for a team that I ranked number three in the state, all this stuff. It just, it just really shows how some people don't understand, uh, you know, high school and graduation and ebbs and flows of how 
you know, sports are supposed to be. People graduate, you're supposed to take a step back. But uh, with that Calhoun, said, sorry to interrupt, Kyle, but Calhoun County opened at number eight last number year. Number eight, and they fared pretty well. So, would be said, Trutland, um, you know, with that, that late addition, or at least, I don't know, late addition as far as me knowing that he's there, Chris Floyd coming in from Dublin. That's a first team all region, class three, uh, region three, class two A selection. You add him to Kasabian Mitchell, Cameron Jordan. Doreen Burns, that is a really good nucleus. And, uh, you know, 30-2 and two last year, lost in heartbreaking fashion to Calhoun County. They're only two losses to Calhoun County. The Vikings have never won a state championship, but they're getting closer and closer and closer. Uh, so they're going to be very tough. And then Wilcox County, like you said, when you return your entire roster and, you know, a couple of those guys are big-time football stars, especially Desmond Tisdall, uh, I believe they're all going to play, but that is, uh, you know, that's some physicality and some toughness and some cohesion uh, that's trying to run it back for one last year and see if Wilcox County can get to the top. Uh, but I, I want to say one thing, you know, looking at number 10, Green County, you know, bad news has come down the pipeline. I wasn't aware until uh, a day after I released the rankings. Uh, Division One prospect, First-team All-State guard D.J. Wright tore his ACL, and uh, that pretty much puts a cap on Green Green County's, uh, you know, how, how their season's going to go. They're, that, they're, I mean, talking about a team that already lost their two best uh, role players around Wright, including six foot seven Justin Mallory. Now your star player's not there, and you have an inexperienced cast. Um, Green County is a team that they're going to struggle this year without their star. And that's going to open the way for uh, a couple more teams to fill into the top ten. But a uh, uh, really tough blow for DJ Wright, a senior guard. Uh, and, you know, prayers up for his recovery. And hopefully he gets healthy soon enough uh, to, at the, you know, maybe come back later this season. But even even that, you know, just keep an eye on the, on the future and being a college player. Uh, you should probably focus on getting healthy for college. Uh, but just some sad news to share. And, Kyle, that was number 10 in Class A public, so that will do it. A classifications of boys' preseason rankings have been covered. Um, I know in the previous years, maybe in previous podcasts, we may have promised a transfer update. Um, those are all available if you want to see it in print on sandyspo.com, and I know we mentioned it especially at the top half of the podcast. So uh, we kind of hit it on here. I know it wasn't a podcast dedicated to it, but it's all on sandyspiel.com if you want to see everything, most everything uh, that, we're, that we feel comfortable publishing and that are confirmed. It's in print up there. And, of course, the weekly rankings will be coming out. We'll have our normal podcasts uh, once the season starts. Kyle, any parting words? Uh, it's going to be another fun, fun season, a lot of sleepless hours, tough Tough nights of work, but you know what? We got to service the state of Georgia the way it needs to be serviced. Um, excited for the season to start. Excited for some other uh, things we have in the works over here. Um, trying to grow this brand, trying to grow some other brands as well. Uh, but everything revolves around the student athletes and trying to provide them with a platform to be able to be seen and help them uh, uh, be able to play at the next level and not only play at the next level, but also. Uh, grow as young adults so excited for the season remain um it's gonna tip off we got a couple more weeks till tip off and uh you know until then gotta lay low 
and uh, I'll be I'll be working behind the scenes. On that note, this is Ramin on behalf of Kyle signing off. We'll see you next time.